This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. You know, this music has its charms, but it also sounds a little bit like we're uh, birthday clowns. I don't know if I want to sound we like are a, a little bit like birthday clowns. I don't know if I want to sound like a birthday clown. Just a little bit. To start the show every day. Uh, live from Studio C, dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications com- compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Eagles, the flag, the anthem. Oh, God, can we just stop with this? Can I throw in an assistant general manager as I do every June 6th for D-Day? Please do. One of my favorite days in world history. Yeah, well, it should be the world's favorite day in world history. Really? Yeah. Um, Freedom was saved. We'll talk more about that later. So how you doing? Good. Glad to hear it. My son had a... Uh, so school ends... Today's the last full day. Then they do a half day tomorrow, which I'm thinking is some sort of... They get to write it off as a day. Yeah, but it's a party. But they didn't uh, have to yeah. do a bunch. Pretzel sticks, juice boxes, <laughs> let's get down. But last night they had a musical performance that we went to in which my son played a cactus and had oh. had one line in the uh, in the play, which was just fantastic. Characters prickly and dry. It was all about uh, biomes, mm. various, various animals needing different biomes. Nice. And he sang a whole bunch of songs and it was something. Fantastic. I went and videotaped it for, uh, for mom who was home with the other one because he can't leave the house, which is a drag. But uh, the the musical is fantastic. My son had a very serious expression on his face the entire time. Uh, I don't know why. He uh, was really looking forward to it. The desert biome is no joke. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He was happy and excited, and he was uh, talking to me about how he wasn't nervous, and I don't think he was, but he had a very serious look on his face the entire musical. Well, he was in character. The line between (laughs) life and death is very fine in the desert, Jack. (laughs) Oh, you know boy. those uh, spines on a cactus. That's for protection because they're at constant risk. So I'm guessing. I'm just guessing because my oldest is a second grader. Still entertaining, just purely on a cuteness level, right? I mean, there's just endless entertainment, oh, sure. just purely for how cute it is. Oh yeah. But as they get older and and cuteness, you know, uh, goes away somewhat, and different things come forward, and then people are actually trying to act and everything like that. Right. Does it get better or worse? Is there something to watch? Oh, it's definitely there's a curve. <laughs> yes. There, yes. there is a, a curve. I, I I tell you what, just. Just have the faith that, you know, by the second half of high school or, or so, and certainly if they do any performing in college, it, it becomes entertaining as oh, hell. I'm sure. I'm sure. At some point, but, it just becomes good. No, yeah. but there's you, you will wander 
in the desert for a while. Speaking yeah. of the desert. I can believe that. Mr. Moses. I can believe that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah the, the junior high band concerts. And I love music. I cherish music. And and, and uh, that arguably was music that I saw and, <laughs> and listened to. But it's it's a little rough. I want to talk about the second grade musical later. As, as I just was observing the different types of children there are on stage at that age. But for now, let's introduce everybody to the squad. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's Joe. is a fifth grader. That's it. <laughs> Performing for his parents. Ricardo. Right there. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, wearing a white t-shirt for some reason. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Um, I just heard a are you Fonzie, or what's the deal? That's no, the I sexiest just... <laughs> thing a man can wear, white t-shirt and jeans, right? No, I just got to the you know back of the closet because gotcha. nothing else was clean. Um, Understand. Yeah. Hey, I just saw a news story that 43% of people now find pornography acceptable. And it's up... In, in what's acceptable how? Or am Mo- I... Morally acceptable. Oh, morally acceptable. Yeah, okay, and, I see. But it's up... I didn't know if you meant at work or... Yeah, so this year it's 43%, but it's up 7% from last year. 70% of state workers find porn acceptable at work, according to what I've heard. i got to believe that number is going to be 90% in a few years. Well, that's just what I was going to say, is if you have a bad habit, just wait it out. (laughs) You don't need to change, just wait it out, and eventually it'll become acceptable. Smoke pot and do porn, and everybody's sure, it's fine. Whatever, man. A few years Uh, earlier, you've been thrown in jail. and Nice uh, life. Whatever, dude, we all got to get through somehow. (laughs) Right. This is a nation on the decline, my friends. Uh, that is interesting. We should discuss that more later, too. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Now, I'm a big fan of uh, the Elon Musk and the, the Tesla company that he is uh, he's in charge of. And uh, they sometimes use uh, kind of colorful comparisons when discussing uh, how much pr- productivity they have or how much something costs. Uh, so recently, internal documents showed that Tesla is burning through quote an insane amount of ra- an insane amount of raw materials and cash to produce its Model Three cars. The company used the comparison to say, uh, for the example of how much was being used, in one case the scrap was measured as 137 miles of five dollar foot long Subway sandwiches. Mm, it's a good comparison. I like yeah. it. I like. I wish all. Uh Stats were given to me in footlong subway sandwiches. I was completely mystified by that. Now, what what is that a mile of footlongs? Uh, the amount of money and raw materials that Tesla is spending to make its Model Three cars is the equivalent of 137 miles of five dollar footlong sandwiches. <laughs> you know, points for creativity, <laughs> which, as we learned in court, are not actually a footlong. Correct. Which is a- another ripoff, another sign of a civilization in decline. <laughs> Um, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well, feeling very proud. Went out and voted yesterday and brought cookies to my polling place. There since they can't hand them out to voters like they did for years because of legal reasons. I'd like to know who the PIA was who complained about the cookies at the polling place. Well, i got to tell you guys, turns out that none of the poll workers uh, that uh, I uh, made my offering of baked goods to would take them. Mm. Not sure if it was for legal reasons or they just didn't want to eat food offered by a random voter. (laughs) But we all had a good laugh. You know, merriment ensued, and uh, I voted. I've been eating food from random people who show up for years. It's fine. It works out great, usually. I got cancer once. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Just once. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, (laughs) June 6th, D-Day, the year 2018. Setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Here's the beginning of the show, officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, which we, well, we know by heart. Let's uh, begin at Mark. Is 
continuing chicken or something? It's a rubber chicken covering Toto's uh, Africa. Con- continuing the theme that Toto's Africa is now the most popular song in America. Yes. There's somebody singing it with a rubber chicken. What are other headlines, Marsha Phillips? <laughs> well, winners emerging from primary fights. Any signs of a blue wave? The Trump Eagles flap now affecting the NBA and the 24-7 news flows affect on Americans. Ah. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong in Yeah, I want to hear that. It's had an effect on me. Yep. I just heard a pretty good discussion about what it would have been like on uh, D-Day. Day before, day of, and day eight days after. If you'd have had the 24-hour news and, and the way we handle news. Wow. Might not have been able to pull it off. Blow my mind. Um, How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fabulous. We have a freedom-loving quote of the day from a friend of the show. Uh, commentary on your eagles and your white houses and the rest of it. Controversial stuff. Yeah, there's nobody that comes out of that Trump Eagles flap looking good, in my he, opinion. He came into that, bro. Wow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. So we played the uh, Bill Clinton on the Today Show the other day, which has gotten a lot of attention. Man, he was on there to talk about his new mystery spy novel. He got to ask about Monica Lewinsky, got obviously pissed off yep, and aggressive and pushed back, and it just was not the tone uh, to use uh, during these times. And actually, Stephen Colbert asked Bill Clinton last night, he said, do you understand why people think you're tone deaf on this? And wow! What, what Bill Clinton gutsy. said. What Bill Clinton said will shock you. Oh boy! Well, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Now, whether he's sincere or just you know saw the way it was being portrayed in all media, including liberal media. Yeah. Well, he's old and grumpy and stubborn, but he's still an incredibly instinctive politician. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear what he says. He's also a human being, Joe. Oh, that's a good point, who Jack. Made a, who made a mistake in his life. <laughs> that's true. You can't overlook that. Yes. Because that might just be something to be true for all of us. Yes. I'm not sure I need 20 years of litigating, uh, you know. Most of us every, don't. Every uh, individual transgression. Most of us don't get asked about our biggest mistakes ever. Right. Let alone... Thank God. Regularly, regularly throughout our lives. Thank yeah, God. Hear that, my... Mom? Hear that? <laughs> so, Just kidding, I Jello wrestled for one summer. One summer. Occasionally, I would date people who tipped me. That's it. One summer. Ever tell you about the time I had to oil wrestle playmates or something like that? Anyway, yeah, I, I do remember. I that. hurt my back really bad. I had to oil wrestle these, these like 19 year olds in bikinis. Wow. A big pit of oil. That's rough. That's rough a weird. That's a weird gig. It was not enjoyable. Anyway, oh, it'd be awesome. No, it's just weird. People around you watching, and what are you supposed to do? I mean, what? What? A- Cap of feel. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it was not, not signed. Guy we were talking about previously who lays around stone looking at porn. <laughs> there was nothing good about that. There's a lot good about mailbag. Uh-huh, all right. There was no way to come out of that with any dignity. That was the problem. Oh boy. True that. <laughs> and you ended up injuring your back. Yeah. And you were a, a youth yeah, was, at the time, right? It's like, like 23 or 24. Right. It's like the first time I'd ever hurt my back in my life. Wow. Hmm. Got to lift with your legs. <laughs> ben the Libertarian sends along this freedom-loving quote of the day from none other than recently re-nominated to run by his party, Tom McClintock, the congressman of the 4th District of California. <clears throat> 
Every law that we pass, from the law that says you have to stop at a stop sign to the law that says you can't punch somebody in the nose, ultimately ends up being enforced at the point of a gun. There are no exceptions. Government is force, plain and simple. No, it's not. It's benevolence. It's utopian. It's utopia. It's sharing. It it just it helps people share. That's what government is. Please. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, this is this is an honor. Frequent correspondent Scott, who I've mentioned several times, signs off his emails with the following quote: "Do we now live in a country where working hard for money doesn't entitle you to it, but wanting it does?" Uh, yes, Scott, it does. But Scott has honored us with his very first try at the beautiful Japanese art of the haiku. Oh, good lord! Of course, Jack, as you recall, this is the five syllables, the seven, then the five. Right. The simplicity, the elegance of the it, form. It's the blues song of ancient Japan. Very simple form. See what you can do with it. Mm, exactly. That's why it's so beautiful. <clears throat> Here is Scott's first attempt at the haiku. Take me down to high. Ku city where the grass is green and the... Damn it. <laughs> Scott's first haiku. There you go. Inspired by the great... Poet Axel Rose. Mm. Moving along. Keep in ah, I just spilled everything. Um, the uh, keep in mind that uh, reading emails uh, and retweeting does not uh, Mara is not an endorsement. Isn't that what people say? Yeah. Retweeting is not an endorsement. Yep. Yeah, uh, which I completely get. But of some course. some people either don't or pretend to not. Right. There's a lot of lot of both. I think. Here's something that's interesting. I'm retweeting. Or, or here's something you're not going to believe. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a variety of opinions on the Trump Eagles White House anthem military standing kneeling fist thing that just my my ass is tired. <laughs> Anyway, Jack's comments about the Eagles at the White House. Jack mentioned several times that the Eagles should appear at the White House anyway, no matter what, out of respect for the office. Yes. Why? Why should they? T. Rump, as one of your listeners labeled him, appropriately, I might add, has no respect for anyone or anything. He is a disgrace to the office, and I'm sure anyone with integrity and dignity would, would not want to taint themselves by a visit to this pig of a president. Here's your problem with that thought. A third to, I'd say, 40% of the country felt that way about Obama. About half the country fell that way about Bush. About half the country felt that way about Clinton. So then you're never going to have any sports teams ever go into the White House, and that sucks. Let me finish your email. I agree with your T-Rump labeler. After being a loyal daily listener since 03, it's clear you guys are in the bag for the buffoon in the White House. Uh, excellent. I will have you uh, get in a cage and fight to the death. Uh, with the people who think we're so anti-Trump they can't listen. Um, uh, 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 Well, uh, let me read a few more. Then I'll share my opinions with you, if anybody cares. On LeBron James bad-mouthing Trump, cops in the U.S., I'm sick of blacks killing everyone, then pissing on us. Let blacks have their own leagues where they can burn flags and piss on the USA. Let us whites have our own leagues with good guys like Tebow. Well, I'm sure is thrilled to be part of this email. <laughs> I cannot stand even looking at nasties like LeBron James. Nasties? Well, I tell you this. That, that, that obviously is a, an opinion out toward the edge. I'd say. Um, but to respond to, what was her name? Uh, uh, Linda. Beautiful uh, San Mateo Linda. Uh, here's the problem, Linda. 
you've got the office of the presidency. You've got the White House, the People's House. You've got, you are the champion of the United States of America. By the way, can we retire the term world champion? It's just stupid. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> it is stupid. You have all that. And if, if your team declares, whether it's uh, Trump or Obama or Clinton, et cetera, et cetera, that this person is so beneath contempt, I won't even honor uh, our fans in the league, in the office, in the White House, in the country and all. I won't be in the same room with the effort. I, I get that. But you are also saying that to the roughly half of the country who voted for him. And that's terrible business, number one. And the second thing is you might say, you know, I find him to be a real jackass, a real jackass. But he is the president. You know what? I'm going to go to the White House and I'm going to say to him, look, I want you to understand why people are mad. It's about police brutality. And that's a serious topic, Mr. President, because you'll get a second to chat with him. But instead, to me, you're making a big symbolic gesture that he's so beneath contempt you can't go there. If you believe that seriously, I guess I admire your pluck. Um, I, I also believe that this would this is much more about Trump than it is about conservatism. If Mitt Romney were hmm. in the White House, there would be Clearly. much more than 10 eagles willing to go oh, sure. <laughs> go see it and talk oh, to sure. him. Absolutely. Uh, moving along, Trump cancels eagles' visit. Love your show. Listen to any, every day. Uh, you guys briefly mentioned how many players were going, but I think it's a bigger part of the story than a lot of newslets, uh, news outlets are letting on. There are 53 roster positions on every team. Fewer than 10 were going to attend the celebration. I heard yesterday that one, only Nick Foles, was firm. Yeah, I think there. I heard that was the owner and the guy who dresses the as the eagle was the only person going to show up. <laughs> he was going to go in costume because he didn't want his face, actually. Right, exactly. Clearly, players have an issue with Trump. I don't agree with his decision, but less than 15 to 20 percent of the team showing up to be celebrating is definitely making a statement to the president. One that Trump would not allow without retaliation. Sir, sir, he felt it was an insult and treated it as such. Keep up the good work. Thank you, well, uh, accountant w- Alex. W- w- I don't want to argue about who started it, but at the point the White House found out just a couple of people were going to show up, I don't know what you do at that point. Yeah, that is a rough, that would be a rough go. That'd be humiliating. Um, difficult position. I just, that's why I'm so oh, tired by all, all this. All the it's athletes just, should go. And the presidents should keep their mouths shut. And they all just get together and look at the jersey and everybody claps and we take a picture like we used to do. Because sports bring us together. And I'm, uh, there's a musician I like who got the medal of whatever they give, one of those medals they give out to. Medal of music. The medal of metal. There's some medal they give out to entertainers, right? Sure, the uh, Kennedy Center. the award. Anyway, this musician Grammy guy that you've Tony. never heard of that I like. Hey, he was given it by Bush, and he refused to go because Bush was such an evil, wanted to be a dictator or something or other. Right. And so he didn't go until Obama was president, and I hated that then. And it just, you know, it's growing. Pretty soon, nobody will ever go because half their team or half their fan base doesn't like whoever's the president. Well, and and listen, I, you know, I cherish the, the right to protest in any way you say fit. On the other hand, now the, the Eagles and the Golden State Warriors, they ought to get more blame. They have declared that visiting the White House to have your pick taken with the president as the champion is an endorsement of that president. Right. When it never really was. Nobody ever thought that. But they changed it to that's what it is. So, next time a Democrat's in the White House, you got a conservative uh, athlete or two? Well, they can't be seen as endorsing that president because now that's what it is. So that lovely, silly little tradition is now dead. It's not important, yet at the same time, it's very important. I'm Jack Armstrong. Blow my mind. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
I got depressed by uh, some of the poll results yesterday. Oh. The election? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there's plenty to be depressed about. Uh, yeah, I'm reminded of Thomas Sowell's great quote that uh, I think he said a number of years ago that the second half of the 20th century was defined by getting rid of what works in favor of what sounds good. And uh, that brings us nicely to California's top two or jungle primary. The headline from Politico about the race for governor is the race for governor is turned into a scam. How California's Democratic primary became a giant flop. Oh, I want to hear about that. And it's, it's the multifaceted gaming of the system by everybody involved. It, the last thing it is, is a, a, a comparison, an airing of, a comparing of values and policies. And the people of California selecting the two finest examples of humanhood to elect. It's the opposite of that. It could not be further from that. <laughs> awesome. Let's get, uh, I want to hear about that. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Democrats fought to shape the political battlefield for a November blue wave in primaries across eight states. None more important than California in seven key congressional districts currently held by the GOP, but won by Hillary Clinton in 2016. Democrats will be on the ballot in November. There was concern that with California's top two jungle primary system, so many in Democrats which apes have the vote. So many, <laughs> so many Democrats running would split the vote and then put Republicans in the two top spots. That did not happen. Four governor, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom and businessman John Cox are going to face off in the race in November. Newsom capturing thirty-five percent of the votes in a crowded field. This is only the first half of the election calendar, but thanks to you, the halftime score is looking very promising, and the home team is winning big. God, Gavin Newsom is so much better a politician than John Cox. I mean, they're they're in completely different leagues. Yeah, in but terms it's time of, for a post-political world, Jack. In we need down being, to earth. In terms of being political animals. And then... If you're if you're going to run on, and we've had him on a couple of times, and so far the only yeah. thing I can tell you about him is he's a businessman because he says that over and over. So's Gavin Newsom, and he's a really successful one, and so that kind of just negates that as far as I can tell. Well, John Cox rode that endorsement from President Trump to a strong finish. Uh, he, he had... yeah, yeah, and the endorsement from Trump, which was put together by Kevin McCarthy, which was a very cynical move to just the whole thing sucks. And Joe's going to tell us more about that coming up. But it's just its just disgusting. Cox came in with 26% of the votes. Mr. Newsom, you've had eight years, and your party has made a colossal mess of this once golden state. Here's what I'd tell you. If you like tepid messages poorly delivered, Cox oh, is your oh man. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the wrath of a voter scorned. Get over it. You want Gavin? Is that what you want? <laughs> you won't say you want Gavin. door's wide open now. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Oh, boy. That sounds like uh, assault to me. That sounds like hashtag me too. Huh? That sounds like no consent to me. Which he has some experience at. But. President Trump. I guess he generally gets consent, doesn't he? Jeez, he just sleeps around. I'm staying. Oh, I'm yeah. distancing myself oh, from yeah. your comments. Oh, okay. Jack Armstrong is distancing himself from the comments of his co-host. Wow. So now you've run down Cox and you're supporting Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Very nice. Now we know who you are, really. President Trump hosted a brief... I'm not in legal trouble. That's who I am. <laughs> Trump hosted a brief ceremony at the White House yesterday, billed as a celebration of America after he uninvited the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles a day earlier from their planned celebration after Trump learned just a handful of players were actually going to show up. 
from contending the Eagles players didn't want to come because of his repeated blasting of players kneeling during the national anthem. We love our country, we respect our flag, and we always proudly stand for the national anthem. We always will stand for the national anthem. I wonder how that plays politically. I mean, most of the country is in favor of standing for the national anthem. That's a winning issue, but Mm -hmm. the whole disinviting, turning it into this, I don't know. I don't know. Your sports leagues have got to be pretty nervous about this, particularly the NFL. I think the NBA's fan base may be young enough and urban enough that they'll be in better shape if this becomes a super divisive sports is about politics world. Mm. Um, But the NFL's terrified. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders charged the team pull the, quote, political stunt. Look, if this wasn't a political stunt by the Eagles franchise, then they wouldn't have planned to attend the event and then backed out at the last minute. You know, that was underemphasized, too, provided that that is true. They tried to pull out and reschedule for the next week when Trump is going to be in Singapore for the big North Korea summit. Right. Which, uh, you know, maybe you you could know, or certainly once they got back to you and said, that date is not going to work, you'd think you'd say, okay, well, we'll show up. But they didn't. Meanwhile, LeBron James now says the Cavaliers will not accept an invitation to the White House if they win the NBA championship. James telling reporters that their opponents, the Golden State Warriors, feel the same way. I mean, I know no matter who wins this series, no one's no one wants to invite anyway, so it won't be Golden State or Cleveland going. All right, then. Fantastic. That's a good place to be as a nation. Warriors' Steph Curry agreeing with LeBron. I mean, I hope to be in, in that situation and win two more games where we win a championship and obviously know what, what comes with that, but I don't think, uh, I think I agree with Braun. Um, pretty sure uh, the way we handled things last year kind of stayed consistent with that. Got a, whatever. Whatever. Got a new Pew Research Center survey finding I'll just, tell, I'll just tell you, as a product, that yep. makes me like the NBA a lot less makes me like the Golden State Warriors and LeBron a lot less mm-hmm. as, a, as a customer of your product. Yeah. They don't care, obviously. They feel like they're doing what's right, but it makes me want to spend money on you less. makes me want to watch you less, and a lot of people feel that way. You'd, you'd be I, Just as a businessman, you'd be better off just keeping your mouth shut, showing up, saying, no, I don't, uh, I'm not about policy. I just think it's cool to get to go to the White House, and it'd be fine. Exactly. I'm here to celebrate with our fans, blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling you, again... You have, and I find Trump objectionable in half a dozen ways. No, and I've it's not made that about clear. Trump. I know, I know. But you are sending a message, Steph, Steve, Kevin, everybody on the Warriors, and, and Cleveland as well, LeBron. You are sending a message to everyone who voted for the guy who won that their choice is so beneath contempt you won't go to the White House. That's a dangerous prop, that's a dangerous thing to do. Of course, they're all zillionaires. So they, they probably don't care. Well, I wouldn't care if I were them. New Pew Research Center surveys finding that more than two-thirds of Americans say they're just plain exhausted by the news. Yes. In the poll, nearly 70% said they felt worn out by the amount of news there is these days. 30% said they like the amount of news that's out there. Did anybody question them on the irony of... I mean, it's kind of a tree falling in the forest thing. I mean, there can be as much new... If I'm alone in my house with the TV off and my smartphone off, right. 
I don't. I'm not subject to all the news that's printed out there. I, I choose to take all this in. Yeah, but I understand what's being said. Given everybody's normal uh, level of following what's going on in the world, trying to be involved, informed, etc. This is an exhausting time to be alive. It would. It would be. You'd have to spend some time. Because of the job we do, it's different for us. But if I was, if I just had a regular job, how would I go about staying informed but not getting all the crap? That would be that would you'd have to think about it for a while. Yeah, right. You'd have to carefully choose your your newspapers, your outlets that you go to. How often? All right. Well, and everything's at a fever pitch these days. Right. Everybody's hair is on fire at all times, and so it's like somebody increased the voltage. You got the same amps flowing. I think I'm getting this right. It was a long time ago I studied this stuff. But somebody's increased the voltage. So everything's just, all right, I'll switch to a hose. You know, somebody turned the water up really high, and now it's just squirting you really, really hard. You know what I would do if I just wanted the stuff that I needed to know? What's that? I'd tune into the Armstrong and Getty show. Now you're thinking. Now you're talking. Going along with that, the survey found that feeling exhausted by the news was more common among those who followed the news less closely than those who watch more of it by 78 to 62 percent i'm confused by that so the people take it in less or more tired of it it's the people who it's bleeding into areas where it never bled Uh, in before like following sports right well analyzed sean there you go that's your news i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and getty show the conscience of the nation Oh, I don't watch the news. Oh, Squawky, you're an eagle. What do you think of the eagles? <laughs> if only he could talk and not just screech at us. But it's the screech of freedom. I stand when Squawky screeches. And for the anthem. So at some point, Bill Clinton on Colbert last night. Colbert asked him about uh, some of his answers he gave on Monica Lewinsky on the Today Show the other day. And he's not proud of them, apparently. And our feel-good story... Man asks to play through golf foursome in Oklahoma, gets beaten with putter. Wow. If you're going to be beaten with a golf club, which one would you prefer? Uh, it's none of your business. Probably wow, a putter, that's a tough right? choice. It's a tough choice. None of them are good. Those titanium woods are pretty light, but... Yeah, yeah. true enough. Yeah, you're getting your skull caved in any way you look at it, Jack. Mm. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> and we're going to talk to an old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Jay Cost, coming up in a little bit. Just about, kind of, just about general about the world. Just kind of a, just talking to a smart guy about what's going on in the world. A little round the horn. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Since there would be no eagles there, the White House was forced to rebrand today's festivities as a celebration of America. Now there's an idea. A celebration of America and all it stands for right in the middle of the summer. I think this could work. Let's get some fireworks, maybe a big parade. Call it the 5th of June. That's not what I wanted. I want this other one. Yeah, I saw it. Play play that one. When I saw the interview, I thought that because they had to, you know, distill it. 
And it looked like I was saying I didn't apologize and I had no intention to. And I was mad at me. Okay. Oh, that's it. He's, yeah, yeah, okay. he's right. So this is a tease. We're going to play long form Bill Clinton on Colbert last night a little later in the show. I thought he was going, because I just saw some of the quotes, and I thought he was going full-on contrition, and maybe honestly, that he is unhappy the way he handled it. No, that's a, they edited it and it made me look bad. I saw ah. I even didn't like me the way they edited it. I okay. See. All right. Gotcha, Bill. Anyway, so we'll play more of that coming up later. You know, at some point in the show, if we get through Bill Clinton and the Philadelphia Eagles and people being beaten with putters, etc., maybe we can talk about the fact that the trustees for Social Security have said that it's going broke. It's growing, going broke faster than we thought. There's going to be no money. There's going to be no benefits. I thought it was old people are going to be eating. Old people are going to wish they had dog food. Wow. They're going to have to eat dog crap soon. But let's talk about the Philadelphia freaking <laughs> Eagles all day, huh? <laughs> this is we are not a serious country. Oh boy, these guys are serious though, so they're playing golf. Guy asks uh, the foursome ahead. You said sometimes you got four people playing golf. That's the traditional group. Sometimes you got three. Occasionally you got two. Two husbands, sometimes two you, wives. You That's got a foursome. One, or one. Sometimes you got one lonely feller playing, and it depends on the golf course what's acceptable on any. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. So the single 55-year-old man told police when he approached the group and asked them to play through, because one person can play much faster than four. Sure, and generally, don't generally, well, I haven't played golf in like 20 years, but don't generally four say, sure, go ahead on the going through. Yeah, it depends on the course. Uh, there's also a body of belief that, the course ought to put you together with several other people so that everybody's playing at roughly the same pace. Mm. Because if you're constantly having to stop playing and wait for a single or a double to play through you, it turns into a drag. So now I got to hear about Dwayne's tough second quarter earnings report and how tough he. I just I'm just trying to play golf. You don't got to put me with strangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I don't love that either. Get some friends. That's what I say. <laughs> Anyway, he approached the group and asked to play through. One of the members of the foursome, 67-year-old Eddie Aday, took exception. 67 years old. Telling the victim he worked at the course, which the victim didn't care about. They got into an argument, and the victim claims Aday got nose-to-nose with him. The victim, a diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, took a step back because he gets very nervous when others are in his personal space. When Aday approached him again, things turned violent. It escalated to the point that the victim was being hit in the head with a putter. Wow. Et cetera, et cetera. That's uh, attempted somebody murder. Gr- hit him from behind. Isn't yada, that? Yada, yada, yada. Somebody's swinging a putter. Isn't that attempted murder? <laughs> to make the matters worse, another member of the foursome, 72-year-old William Hickman. At some point, fellas, do you really want to be throwing dogs? You're in your 70s. You're beating people with putters. Well, isn't one of you willing to step in and say, hey, you're going to kill that guy? Well, at one point, the 72-year-old joined in on the Donnybrook and began hitting the victim on his buttocks and legs. Uh, let's see. And the name of the golf course is uh, Kicking Bird Golf Course. <laughs> More like, let's kick the S out of each other golf course. Uh, we normally don't have assault with dangerous weapons uh, at the course, said uh, the pro. Luckily, Jack, one sensible member of the force, and broke things up. Not before the victim suffered injuries that required three staples and ten stitches to his head. Well, and half a bottle of uh, Elmer's glue. Wouldn't take much to kill, have killed you. Yeah, what's the matter with people? I don't know. What is wrong with people? People are just... just, just I blame Trump. Can, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> to settle down. I was. Uh, we're flying to New York today. 
because we're going to a very important talk radio conference to talk with some of the most important people in the business. I'm Boy, use, I don't know why I'm using my sarcastic voice, because that's, that's all completely true. Well, and after I'm done in New York, I've got to take the train to D.C. So, to see some more people. My daughter. So, um, uh, we're going to be doing the show from... And New- the president, all right. Okay. <laughs> we're doing the show from New York tomorrow, which we've never done before. I've, I've been to New York a gazillion times. I've never been there on business. It's always just been pleasure. So, this will be interesting. But, um, why did I bring this up? Oh! So I was trying to think of what I'm going to read because I I don't uh, I don't have time to read in my current life. So this is a real good chance to read. And I think I've settled on Jonah Goldberg's new book because I was watching him interviewed on book TV last night. And uh, man, he was because scratch- you're better than us. He was scratching me where I itch on the whole libertarian thing. And uh, one of the things he talked about, you're, you were saying what's wrong with people, mm-hmm. people beating people down. And he was talking about how. There's plenty of science to back up the fact, even though John Locke and great thinkers from hundreds of years ago believe this, we come out of the womb uh, racist and hateful and violent. We're taught not to do that. Mm -hmm. Idiots, or people with different political viewpoint, think it's the other way around, that we're just naturally nice, gentle people who see no color and none of that, and we're taught these evil things. They believe that in the face of all science. The natural, what's wrong with us? The way we're built. Right. We're just violent, racist, angry people until we're taught to overcome that. Right. It's an instinct to keep yourself alive. Yeah. Yeah. Millions of years old. Pretty interesting. Anyway. We're going to talk to Jay Cost about a bunch of stuff going on in the world coming up next. He's an old favorite if you don't know who he is. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.